Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park morning roxy soxy oh, good morning tam tam how are you my friend are you still in that weird bedroom <laughs> oh, you yeah, like yeah. to shoot you mean the one that our daughter has taken over and has now posted yeah. all of her photos as you can see on our bed now i love it i love her it pillow and her toys i'm like maybe david and i should actually swap and move to her bedroom and yes. she stays in here so we can find you know, what well, I do that. I had a big fight with my nine year old last night and I felt like such a crap mom because I was she was like, I need the light on in the bedroom and it wakes up our three year old. She's like, or I'm going to sleep with you. And I was like, you are not sleeping with me. <laughs> I said, I will lock you in that room before you sleep with me. <laughs> I don't care. I'm one of those moms like I don't want to sleep with, I love my kids and it would be great if they like snuggled and just didn't, they just stayed there, but they don't, they mm-hmm. flop and they kick me in the face. And like, it's just a horrible experience. And then I'm mean the next day because I'm exhausted uh-huh. and I don't make good decisions and I'm eating crap. And like, I feel crap and like, I'm not doing it. Sleep is so important. Yes. Yeah, sleep uh- is so important. And you're right. Cause the kids, they start laying like you know, sideways and they take over the entire bed. I did see this mom. Okay. It was one of my reality shows I was watching. One of them. One of them. (laughs) 962 (laughs) that you watched. One of my, perhaps it was on, you know, Bravo, who knows? Uh, One of the moms though, she and her husband put locks on the outside of their kids' doors so when the kids were put down to bed Genius. they would lock the doors from the outside so they they that's kind die. of called abuse but we'll let that go yeah. would you do that you think my husband the other day i, uh, I probably i'm gonna have to cut this out because i'll get all these like messages like you <laughs> he was like he said to our nine-year-old he's like i'm locking you in the gym because we have a gym here and I was like, you can't do that. Like this day and age, you got to like talk about your feelings, right? Like back in my parents, you just smack me on the butt and would call it a day. But here it's like, how are you feeling? Let's talk about your emotions. Like what caused you to like have the outburst? So my husband was like, I'm locking you in that. And I was like, we don't do that. We do gentle parenting, Sean. Do you, have you forgotten? And he's like, no, she needs to learn. So he put her in there for like a second and then she was screaming like I don't want to be locked in <laughs> and then we took her out but we did for a second we did gosh well kids these days all it takes is two minutes back in our day it was like two hours oh, yeah. in there you know my husband said his parents used to be like go pick your switch like whatever pick pick a switch or I don't know what it was like <laughs> yeah. and make sure it's not a small one <laughs> that's so southern yes that's really horrible that's so southern that actually my mom had the same experience too like pick the switch that you're gonna get smacked with you know that's Mm -hmm. not you know what we'll just chalk it up to the fact that we're all learning generational trauma is getting better (laughs) (laughs) so let's talk to these next two guests who i've loved for so much i totally i talk about manifestation all the time and i'm like i've manifested them for so long that i think i actually reached out like a year ago and they never saw my message and then I was like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm just going to like create funny content. So all the people who like <laughs> see my messages at some point, I will be on their for you page like at some point, right? right. If it's good enough, I will be seen. So I was like, just create funny content. And then at some point, someone will watch your video and then they'll be like, oh, she's kind of funny. And then when I slide into their DMs, they'll know who I am. That has happened. That happened with Jenny Mullen. And mm-hmm. I might, it might've happened with these next two guests because I tried a year ago. It didn't work, but that's what you've got to <laughs> keep on keeping on Roxy. That was that's, right. that's right. So who do we have today that I well, manifested? 
this is so exciting because I don't know, like if growing up for you, Tamman, but like mm-hmm. for my family, and I'm sure you guys were probably like this too. Every time the Olympics would come on, we would gather around like for two, three weeks, you know, the duration of the thing and like watch because back then, you know, there was no social oh, yeah. media. It was like you watched, you watch TV and you saw, you know, things transpire in real time. And I remember mm-hmm. the summer Olympics was always my favorite yeah. and um, watching the gymnastics, especially oh, it's always the gymnastics I'm, are the best. The gymnastics the best. and the swimming are honestly, yes. like, I don't even want to, what, like, what are the yes. other, what are the other ones? Like shot put? Like, yeah. <laughs> Like, I don't care. I really don't care. Yes. Um, and I just want to see that. Or ice skating. Ice, get, yes. ice skating or yes. or gymnastics or swimming. The rest, ugh, no. those are Those are the heroes of, like, the Summer yeah. Olympics is the gymnastics. Ice skating for the Winter Olympics. Mm-hmm. But I remember watching our next guest win the gold. And, like, how crying. amazing that was. Yeah, crying. I'm like, oh, my God, she's so amazing. Yeah. All of that. So, I mean, we're so excited to have her on. She's an Olympic gold and silver medalist. And her husband Walter. is not too shabby either. Exactly. Her husband is a former NFL player. He is so athletic. He's achieved so many things as well. They're like this athletic power couple, this, right? It's like, why do we even have them on? I feel bad about myself already. Now <laughs> like, I need to really go hit the gym. I need to lock myself <laughs> in the gym. Exactly. exactly. So without further ado, let's welcome Sean Johnson East and Andrew jo- uh, Andrew East. <laughs> welcome. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you. We're pumped to be here. Tam, and actually, so good. not only did you make funny content for a year in order okay. to get our attention, you didn't DM. Sh- you actually had to go through me. Oh, no, come. I was smart about it. I already oh, yeah. DM- I, I DM'd a year ago and then I was like, I'm going to get to the husband. I'm going <laughs> to see how we do this. And then I always go like to see people's follow list. This is how you do it. And then I'm like, oh, we have a mutual friend. <laughs> I'm like, I should have uh-huh. figured out. There's I'm not going to lie. Away. We've been we've been like sending your content to each other for a year. Oh, really? <gasps> Yes. But simultaneously purposely ignoring your message. That <laughs> oh, you sent that's a fine. Year ago. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like that's like my whole life. I feel like that's my husband. Like I'm like, I just sent you this. You watched it and shared it, but you never responded. <laughs> yeah, anyway, exactly. we are so grateful to have you guys. We adore you. Um, I just want to know, like, what is a typical day like for you guys? Like mm. when you because you've got you've got kids, you guys are still young you're younger than us Mm -hmm. (laughs) so like what is a typical day like in your household in your relationship with the kiddos is it just tell me how how it goes should i recap what's happened so far today (laughs) besides your emotions throughout all those (laughs) i think that's the best part (laughs) uh we woke up at like 6 6 30 we had coffee outside on the porch while the babies were Mm -hmm. sleeping um got to like our daily devotionals everything babies wake up and then all, you know, crap happens. Mm-hmm. Um, he took the babies for like an hour while I made lunches, made breakfast, mm-hmm. packed their bags, got their like everything ready for the day. Um, then all of a sudden we got in an argument for no good reason. No good reason. Yeah. Thank you. I was like, what was the argument about? Because I feel an like hour? Mine's, mine's better today. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, it was what, what was the argument about? Yeah, I was jealous that he had the kids and he was playing with them while I was stuck doing all the stuff. He's like, I was trying to help you. I was like, sure, whatever. Um, Then we dropped them off at school. We went and got coffee again, a lot of coffee, Um, and then went straight to our meetings. We had meetings up until this, which we ran over for, and we have meetings for the next three hours. And then we have to get ready for, we're evidently throwing a party at our house tomorrow that we have to get ready for. I'll be there. <laughs> you would have been invited, but we just figured out that you're living in town. So, so. Yeah, yeah, we're neighbors. It's fine. I no clue. <laughs> so funny. Well, it's amazing too. Like once you become parents, it's like all hands on deck. You just don't realize like how much effort and like how much energy it is to kind of like, and you do things like, correct me if I'm wrong. Like before I had kids, I'm like, okay. I mean, I thought I had a packed schedule, but like, <sighs> then you have kids and you're like, oh my God, like I did 30 things today you like yeah whereas mm-hmm. before I mean how do you guys sort of like maneuver all that are you guys like both like all hands on deck all the time or do you guys like mm-hmm. how do you guys do it we're all hands on deck all the time <laughs> yeah. we're pretty good teammates though like yeah. there's definitely cool. teammates again <laughs> what okay okay <laughs> I'm um, so glad you guys had a fight because I just had a fight before this podcast. I'm so glad yeah, you just admitted that it was 
I feel nothing. like we're all getting the yeah. same good energy. <laughs> my fight was about the fact that my husband has been away for two days and he walked in and he didn't greet me because he was on the phone. Yeah. I was like, excuse me? <laughs> yeah. So who wins? Do you guys think that it was my husband should have been like, hey, Jim, how's it going? I'm on the phone. Or do you think it's my fault because I should have waited till he was off the phone? Hmm. He shouldn't have come in until he was off the phone. I agree with that. Ooh. I because damn, I'm I'm in line with you. Like if Sean walks in the room and is just on her phone, like and, and I'm like pissed. I'm like, yo, yeah, I'm freaking here. But all right. I will I walk around cute. the house all day and you'll be on your computer and you won't even look up and I'll be like, <laughs> I'm here too. I am a human being. Yeah. Who won though? Tell us. And I don't know if you guys too, if you feel this, but like when your when your husband or your significant other returns from a trip mine just returned from toronto film festival mm -hmm. and my daughter and i we have everything like in a certain sink yes like, we're very much in a good pattern he comes in and like mucks everything up like it's like he wants yeah. to do things his way and like you know the whole dynamic mm -hmm. changes is this like hard. just my or do you guys feel the same i would say we feel exactly the same we Without fail, I don't know why. I think it's mm -hmm. just like the tension of like things changing. Mm -hmm. We always get in a fight as we're like headed for a trip. So if one of us <laughs> is leaving, mm -hmm. we always get in a fight. And I think it's just because you turn in. I don't want to say you turn into different people when you're away from each other, but like you learn how to be solo. Yeah. Mm -hmm. so and selfish in a way, mm -hmm. too. Yeah. Like, yeah. I think and I agree. Like, so who won the fight? He did. I before this, I was like. I'm sorry. I'm just like, you know, having my own issues today because I do think maybe this is a blanketed statement, but I, I don't know. You said that it wasn't Sean who does this, but I feel like I need a little more attention in certain areas of our relationship. And my husband does not, his, his love language is leave me alone. Like, mm. like I want my time alone and then I'll come back to you. Mm -hmm. And if I've had my own space, I can give what you need. I'm like, touch me all the time. Yes. Kiss me, love me. Tell me I'm cute. Tell me I'm this. Mm. Tell me I'm amazing. <laughs> Which I think I need to go to more therapy. Um, <laughs> but like, I want constant attention because I don't want it from the world. I want it from my spouse. Mm. And I think that it's really hard in relationships when you have different types of long love languages. So what do you guys think? Uh, I think you just described us. <laughs> I literally. Andrew is like same exact. So Andrew is like the, I need space. I want to be respected that way. I want to like do my work, all these things. And I am just like, hold me always. Just, Probably yeah. like 30 times a day. She'll, I'll hear like, Andrew, Andrew, she'll be yelling from across the house. And then I'm like, all right, well, she needs something. Clearly it's urgent. And I'll go and she's like, <laughs> she's like, look at the grilled cheese I made. I'm like, all right, thank you so much, babe. Like, uh, don't do that again. <laughs> there's like this like trending meme right now of the little kid, like waddling alongside someone just because like they're so clingy. I am. I just want to be with him all the time. I understand that, Roxy. So I think for me, I mean, I definitely, he and I do fight about the fact that like I, like during the work day, especially like if I text him or call him or like mm -hmm. I walk in the room and I'm saying something that's non-urgent, he definitely gets annoyed with that because he's like, you know, I'm busy. Like I've got to get my stuff done. But I think for me, I really need like words of affirmation. Like I need him to speak in like a, you know, a certain tone and like, not mm. raise his voice and like mm -hmm. you know because remember tam and we were talking about love languages before mm -hmm. and i thought it was acts of service but like the deeper i get into therapy the more i <laughs> the deeper i find out about all the crap that <laughs> exactly. is exactly and <laughs> exactly exactly the more i think it's actually words of affirmation like i need right. somebody to talk to me in a certain you know like positive like loving way does it change though can it change over time I don't know. I think it's always, I've always wanted to be held in touch, but I was going to ask Sean this question because mm -hmm. we didn't have similar, she was an Olympian <laughs> and won gold medals, but I was, I was working at a very young age at 15 and, and had accolades really young, right. In Australia. So like you're on covers of magazines and was doing Pepsi at, you know, 16 years old. 
Casual flex, Tamman. Casual <laughs> flex. Nice. <laughs> Everyone knows it. Okay. No, <laughs> and uh, L'Oreal too, but uh, just look at that. Um, but I was um, anyway. <laughs> um, and then I had an album. Just whatever. But well, I was really young, and I think that I was th- I was walking today, and I was thinking about fame at such an early age, which you had, mm-hmm. and how it really does define like you don't have like a normal way of growing up. And so if the whole world, right? So for you, me, it was just Australia, but for you, it was the whole world. If the whole world is looking at you and giving you accolades and telling you how beautiful and amazing and how you're a star and you're winning all the time. And then that stops. You are now trained, even if you want it or don't want it, to consistently need that. And when you don't get it, maybe there's a like, well, am I good enough? Am I, do I matter? Because Mm. what you went through at such a young age is as much as we don't think it's like big trauma, but like, how do you, how do you navigate that when you stop competing? Mm. Mm. I struggled with it for a very long time. I, I feel like exactly what you're saying. I, especially within gymnastics, and I feel like it's similar to like it's very similar to acting because it's very gymnastics is very subjective. There's no like whoever crosses the finish line first. Mm-hmm. So you're truly trying to put on a, a show for a judge and impress them in a way that gives you the highest remarks. And so I spent my whole life looking for that praise and getting the praise from judges and then having the praise from the world. And then when it was gone, mm. I tried to find it anywhere else. I was too afraid to start over with something. So I just tried to be perfect at everything. Yeah. And I got criticized for it and everything, but I think one of the biggest reasons why we connected so much when we started dating was he put such an emphasis and whether it was strategy and like your whole plan all along, I don't know. But um, (laughs) when we first started dating, he put such an emphasis on me as a human being and Mm -hmm. never talked about gymnastics and never talked about like my career or my accolades or anything. He just truly like, praised to a certain extent um just who I was as a human and I had never had that before I had never felt like a human before him and I felt like I was seen outside of that and so speaking to the spouse side yes I at the end of the day I want Andrew to tell me that if it all went away like he would still love me as me and so like I look for that I don't care what the world says I Mm -hmm. I want to make sure at the end of the day who I am without having to work for that, like mm-hmm. love and affection is who he wants to be with. Mm-hmm. We were just reading today. Actually, we read a book. Uh, we try to every day, just Sean and I connect over like philosophical conversations, like talking about stuff we haven't talked about before. Mm-hmm. And the concept was how feedback uh, is only as important as that person who's giving it is to you. Mm-hmm. And so like, Tamman, you have millions of people that follow you. You get comments all the time about like, hey, you're pretty or whatever, but it doesn't mean anything because they mm-hmm. don't they, like they don't know who you are. But your spouse who knows mm-hmm. your deepest flaws, but also your deepest like beauties, when they give you compliments, mm-hmm. it means the world. Right. And so like mm-hmm. there is this feedback that I am responsible for giving Sean. It goes vice versa though too. Any criticism that you get from the people that know you the best. It's a lot harder. It's way harder. Mm-hmm. I feel like. Which actually, is that true though with social media? Like, cause so criticism on social media cuts hard too. It cuts hard. I think I think it cuts hard on social media because it comes in packs. Mm-hmm. You're not hearing it from one person. You hear and it from I... a like one Karen who then ignites yeah. the fire under the butts mm-hmm. of a thousand Karens. Interesting. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't feel good. Mm-hmm. And I think it also I've realized that criticism is the most painful when there's some truth in it. And I, I it, it, we think that there's, when it's ridiculous comments, that's that just like, it's just, that's, that's nothing. But when it's like, you need to be better at this. Mm-hmm. I, I realize when, it, not that there's truth in it, but I believe that there's truth in it. If, if, if I'm not doing well with myself and someone says like, you know, you're just a bad mom and I feel like I've been mm-hmm. a bad mom, then it really gets to me. Whereas I'm, I don't think ultimately I'm a bad mom, but in that moment, if I feel like there's truth in those words, that's when I feel like it's the most painful. 
I'm going to, I'm going to jump in and give an example. Cause I just had to get this off my chest. Um, he saw this the other day. Uh, I agreeing with you. There was someone, there was a Karen who made a comment the other day about both of our babies and their looks and their weight. And it oh. like sent me into an, another stratosphere. Um, but like you were saying, it's like a black and white. You can either write things off as like, oh, that's so false. I don't agree with you. But the way in which it was written, it was the comment on their weight. And then it was targeted. She said, given your background of nutrition mm. and eating disorders and all of this, you should know better. And it was just that, like, like you said, mm. part of that, that little click was I should know better. Like, mm -hmm. am I doing something wrong? Is mm -hmm. that like trauma? And if it's not black or white, it can be very painful. Mm -hmm. It amplifies like an existing insecurity. Yeah, absolutely. This got deep, guys. This got real deep. <laughs> oh, we can get even deeper. <laughs> no, but that would, I mean, like you're saying, that would send me into another zone. Like when people have any, I mean, it's one thing if they talk about me personally, whatever. Like people, you know, they're, they're always going to think somebody's smarter, funnier, skinnier, you know, whatever it is. But when the kid comes into play, wow. then that's like full-blown mama bear. Like yeah, it, yeah. it's hard to restrain yourself and not, you mm -hmm. know, go back at people like that. I mean, do you, or do you kind of like just let oh, them do their thing? I would go back at every single one of them. <laughs> you need to <laughs> not. <laughs> but Andrew's like, don't give them time of day. Whatever you respond to, you'll, you'll get more of. And I yeah. just have to like repeat that. So, but yeah, he's like, they're not worth your time. And I'm like, oh yes, they are. Did she <laughs> They are worth a lot of work. <laughs> oh, man. Which I, I always, about you. I, always mm. I have this, um, I wrote this, I was, I used to write for Australia, like a column. And this one thing that I wrote that I don't know where it came from, but I always remember it when it comes to hate in whatever mm. form is, but it just came to me and it, it was the words mm. unhappiness is the fastest pipeline to hate. Mm. And as much as, a person's comment about our kids' weight can can send us into a trigger, uh, have a trigger and send us into a spiral. That person hates their body mm -hmm. and hates themselves and feels like they're failing enough to make it their job to mm -hmm. now go on someone's social media that they have no idea about and talk about a baby. Like, mm -hmm. that is... There's this great guy called Gary Vee, and I love him. And he says, mm -hmm. if someone's being horrible to you on your social media, don't be sorry for you. Be, like, sorry for them. Mm -hmm. Like, what type of human has to be so miserable to actually say those words? And I know it's easier said than done because I go down – Sometimes I just have to start deleting what I wrote because I'm like, <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just giving them what they want, right? But someone has to be so – like disgusted in themselves mm -hmm. to like take the time of day to do it again easier said than dumb but i think that that's kind of how i handle the all yeah. the trolls oh my mm -hmm. god but there's so many of them you know it's like they just like so many roxy so many <laughs> well they're just people that are constantly out there like when you think it's like okay like things are kind of like getting better somebody else jumps in you know it's just it's kind of crazy people are unhappy you're absolutely right yeah um, but people who are happy are clearly you guys mm -hmm. so just for like our audience who may not know your guys like meeting story how did mm. you guys meet hard work and perseverance uh, <laughs> is ultimately how I got in front of Sean my brother actually was an Olympic cyclist mm. and he was at the 2012 London Olympics, bumped into Sean at some event she was at mm. and found out that Sean was looking at going to school at Vanderbilt, which is where I was playing football. Mm. And so I created my first social media account, Twitter, mm. Um, mm. to tweet at her, got in the DMs, got the number, and then gave her a tour of Vandy. And then over the course of many, many months mm. and many, many efforts, <laughs> I finally uh, wooed her on a first date and got a second date and then she fell in love pretty quickly so it <laughs> yeah. worked out well. okay i like that he fought for it you know he, yeah he really fought for that uh -huh. he between our first and second date there were nine months it took nine months for the oh, second date we wow. out here grinding damn it i gotta put why like what why did it take nine months like what why? Yeah. what didn't happen Shut on the up. first date that you needed to wait for nine months uh -huh. 
I wore my nicest outfit. I pulled out all the <laughs> best jokes I had. I was a gentleman. Wasn't good enough. I did all the things. <laughs> things. I, we've had this conversation so many different times. Like why? And I think to a certain extent, it was just like the circumstances of time, like mm-hmm. that exact mm. like phase in my life. Mm. I was coming out of a very, very long-term relationship. Those like six years. And it was just, we were in that gray zone of like, is it completely done forever? And it was mm-hmm. not the best relationship anyways. Um, I was looking to move on and I met Andrew and you like, he was incredible, but I just kept thinking I was living in LA at the time. It was in the middle of dancing with the stars. Mm-hmm. We are having our first date in the middle of like dance rehearsals. And he just seemed like too good to be true. And I was like, how is this ever, ever going to work? Mm-hmm. And I was just also a massive skeptic. I didn't trust anybody. I thought he had poor intentions potentially that I couldn't see. Mm. I just a lot of scars that I couldn't get past. Mm-hmm. And then after that date, he continued pursuing me for like nine months, like didn't give up relentless. <laughs> and finally, there was just this one turning point where he's like, this is my last chance, like last time. I promise. <laughs> he's like, come to Nashville. I'll give you a tour of Vanderbilt. We'll go to the CMA fest. I'll host you like all these things. And I was like, whatever. Sure. It can't hurt. And so I flew to Nashville. We went on an amazing like 24, 48 hour date. Mm. And I ended up calling my mom and I was like, I think this is the guy I'm going to marry. Like he mm-hmm. it was amazing. I had like an itinerary built. I had a Oh my goodness. Thing. I was ready to game. Damn it. <laughs> Didn't. You were ready. I he had an itinerary written out in Sharpie on a paper towel. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's not, <laughs> so we don't need to talk cute. about the details, the unimportant <laughs> things. I had that thing written, though. You had it written. <laughs> I remember my, when my f- husband first kissed me, I called my mom the next day and I said, I'm going to marry this guy. Wow. I was on a film set and I did have a boyfriend at the time. So. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> well, that's a longer story to that. And you know what? I was like 20. So I feel like with 20 to like 20, maybe six you're allowed to like kind of so I remember the boyfriend which it was a long story but like I kept trying to break up with him and he was really relentless (laughs) you you know the feeling right relentless Mm -hmm. um he just kept like coming back and I broke up with him like three times and uh then he kept sending me flowers because he wanted me to like get back with him again and so I was giving the flowers to my co-star and my husband, Sean, was like, that girl's getting a lot of flowers. And I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> and then he was the director, actually, which is so wouldn't happen these days. But he was he said, uh, I think I'm falling in love with you the day before we started shooting. Wow. And that what? was it. That was it. Like never we've never spent other than just trips, but we've never spent like a day apart. We've been together ever since. It's been Can like I just ask over a decade. You kind of. Didn't finish the sentence. You said between the age of twenty and twenty six, you're kind of allowed to. to well, what? well, you're allowed to kind of screw up. <laughs> screw up a, you're allowed to screw up more. I think. Like I, th- so I, we heard that your frontal lobe doesn't develop until you're twenty five years old. So you make really poor decisions till you're about twenty five. So I'm just giving a little bit of like leeway, like twenty six. You know, like you're figured, like you're allowed to until you're twenty six. But at that uh, point, I think you funny. should be making good decisions after you're twenty six. Yeah, twenty five. It's game on. Gotcha. 25 it's like there's yeah. no excuse right it's interesting though like some people do meet in their 20s and fall in love and like are in it for the long haul I don't know I guess it just depends on you know different people like I, but it's cool yeah. when you find somebody at that age and you know you're gonna stick together you know like but I do love how you guys are so open and honest on your podcast I was listening to an episode yesterday and you guys really openly talk about the things that bug each other about the other one (laughs) (laughs) and I was cracking up because you guys are so open and honest but um what is kind of the thing that really like you knew like sealed the deal like this is the person I'm gonna marry like what was the quality in each other Mm. Mm. I have a thought but I would say for me the first thing that comes to mind I there's many things but We were that story. So we met mm-hmm. when we were 21 mm-hmm. and got married at 24. Yeah. And 24. Wow. And I think the thing for me was there wasn't anything we couldn't get through mm. or not even couldn't get through, but wouldn't try to get through. 
Mm-hmm. And because we were so young when we got married, it was hard. Like we were going, he was finishing up college, bouncing around the NFL. I was going from not working back into the working field. Mm-hmm. We were traveling apart for months at a time. We did the long distance. We did so many different things. We went through miscarriages. We went through, like everything. Mm-hmm. And I think because we were so young, it was just sticky and it was, it was hard, but mm-hmm. we just tried our best through all of it. Mm-hmm. And I think that quality I saw when we were dating because there were a lot of roadblocks and hurdles to get through when we were dating and just nothing phased either of us. Mm. It was like, okay, let's figure out how to get through this one. Mm. The term that comes to mind is curiosity is like this. I, I, I like saw Sean smile on our first date. The only time the whole night that she smiled was like the very end. Oh my end, God. Which she was just. I sound like she a was good. She was like, and I was like, I was like, oh my God. She really made you work for it. Oh, you, she works. She's scaring me. Really, I'm not that funny. But anyway, I was like, I was like, oh my gosh, I would love to. That, that, that's a freaking beautiful smile. I want to like uh-huh. see more of that. And then it was like this curiosity about her being so talented, so ambitious, but having like this unbelievable humility or like meekness maybe is a term and it was just like so it was just like interesting i'd never met someone like her always hey i'm really good at something and i'm gonna like throw it in your face or i don't know i'm I'm not good at anything and i'm not confident at all or like i don't know just like there was some quality that made me super curious and i feel like for the most part that's been preserved thank goodness But still was it, peeling was, back the layers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but was it at all intimidating for you, Andrew, coming in? Because you knew, I mean, you you yourself had a very big NFL career. You did so much. And then you're also coming in and you're meeting Sean, who is like this, you know, worldly, you know, w- recognized like Olympian, you know, and, and all the things. Was that kind of intimidating to come into? Uh, one quality from my dad that I adopted, Roxy, mm-hmm. is like, an unproportionate and unwarranted amount of, of, uh, uh, confidence, maybe Mm. arrogance. I'm not sure which is, uh, so Mm. I wasn't, no, I I was actually more pumped. Like, I think there's, I've always, I'm in the middle of five kids. Like the position Mm. I played in football was like very much supporting cast member. So like, Mm. I feel like this is just in line with a lot of that stuff. And it gets me pumped up. Like, I, I think it's, way more fun for me to hype my wife up than it is for like me to, to hype myself up. That being said, when I entered the NFL, I was like, as you know, as happens, people call me Andrew Johnson or like, I'm really known as Sean's husband. Um, but I, I like walked in the NFL. I was like, finally, it's my time. Like people are going to know who Andrew is. And sure enough, that's not how it panned out. Everyone is still like, you know, all the questions are about Sean and everyone just wants to meet her. And Thank goodness for that. Otherwise, I would have the largest head on the planet. Probably. So. <laughs> I will say something that was really refreshing and interesting within our relationship, and rightfully so, is like his family is the most amazing, most close-knit, protective, amazing family ever. And when I was introduced into the picture, um, that whole scene, like the gymnastics Hollywood world, was a major red flag to the whole family. Like mm. they had major conversations with me of like, what are your intentions here? And like, mm. we have to be very careful bringing all of this in unless it's mm. for a good purpose. And I had never experienced that before. A lot of people live for that. They live for notoriety. And it was just, I loved it. I was like, okay, this is different. But yeah. they really cared, mm-hmm. which is important. Um, I was like, do I have that with my husband's family? (laughs) No, I think they're still like trying to talk about Pretty Little Liars at this point. (laughs) They don't care. Um, so again, this morning when I was walking, I was thinking about like what, what makes someone have drive and ambition and succeed. Right. And, and in my small world, like, you know, I can talk myself out of anything and put myself down. But then when, when the rubber meets the road, 
-hmm. and there's like 20 cameras on and I have a monologue and there's two minutes left before the end of the day. Mm -hmm. And if I don't get this monologue, everyone's going into overtime and it's going to cost hundreds of thousands of dollars. When they say action, something within me clicks and it's like another world. And I'm like, I'm on, right? All the stuff that happened before doesn't matter. I'm like in it. And I thought it has to be the same when it comes to what you did when you're mm. like, when, when you're looking at that beam, what is it that you're thinking? Because you can't think, oh gosh, I hope I don't fall. Like you can't, that can't be an option, right? You have to just think about winning. So, mm-hmm. so what goes on in your brain when like that sound goes off and it's like your turn? Like, what is that? Mm. What is that? Um, trying to put words to it, words to literally what you just explained. It's like something clicks. It's like the whole world drowns out mm-hmm. and you're, you just go into a different world. I don't know. I think for the bigger, the bigger thing there is just the love that I had for gymnastics and I worked so hard at it and I had just this passion and when it came to those moments of performance, whether it was at the Olympics or whatever it was, I you have those little voices in your head. But like when it's time to perform, I would take a deep breath and I'd be like in the most chill way possible so I didn't <laughs> start freaking out. I'd be like, you got this. And then just notice, like noticing exactly like you said, you're about to spend 100000 to- hundreds of thousands of dollars if you go overtime and all these things Mm -hmm. I just you could see the stakes on the like on the line and I loved it I lived for it it was like Mm -hmm. okay this is my moment Mm -hmm. Sean was a stone cold killer (laughs) gets me hyped dude let's go it's just it truly is that ability to just um it's a game it's a competitive game yeah that you Mm -hmm. kind of play with yourself it's like can you do this Mm -hmm. and I just always wanted to prove myself wrong. But there's also like life and death. Like what you're doing, you could die from. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. And there's like, I know you can't think of that, but there has to be. I watch some of these um, that show cheer and I'm like, oh, my God. Oh, yeah. They're going to break their necks. Oh, Oh, my goodness. But you can't think of the fear or you will hurt yourself. Right. You've just got to throw throw it all in. And Mm -hmm. that's just a huge lesson in just life in general you just you gotta just it's all in right Mm -hmm. yes and in full transparency that's why I retired from the sport is there there is something that clicks within your sport your passion whatever and especially Mm -hmm. within within gymnastics if you aren't all in in gymnastics you get hurt and you get hurt bad Mm -hmm. and I competed for almost 20 years and it I walked into the gym one day and I could just tell that my heart wasn't in it anymore. Cause I started thinking about all the different things that could go wrong mm. instead of being challenged by what I could achieve. And mm. I just knew in that day, it was like, my time's done here mm. and knowing, it wasn't worth it. Mm-hmm. And knowing what you know now, I mean, you obviously know what it takes to be an Olympian and, and to be a winner and, and to be so committed to your passion as a parent, like, is that something that you would encourage, you know, your kids to go into, or if there is an interest there, is that something that you would kind of, you know, let them, let them follow if that was the passion? Uh, we've talked about this mm-hmm. a lot. And honestly, at the end of the day, we could care less mm-hmm. if it's gymnastics that they choose. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, I have no attachment to them in gymnastics at all. If anything, mm-hmm. I would almost push them away selfishly because I don't ever want them to feel like they have a pressure to follow in my footsteps. Mm. They, they being kids should be allowed to fail miserably at anything that they try Mm -hmm. and not be expected to succeed. But we feel an immense amount of pressure to give them every opportunity to find something that they love Mm. and to kind of like create their own world. I don't know. Do you guys like flip to go get coffee in the morning? Yeah. Yeah, Cartwheels the whole way. (laughs) I would, I would kind of like, if I was married to an Olympian, I'd be like, 
just stop like stop walking to the kid can you just <laughs> like this is embarrassing can you do like something cool <laughs> like, yeah i'm sure you're over like the party tricks you're like yeah oh, guys i'm done i'm not doing a backflip i can't even do guys i can't even do a handstand that's we can, true we can fix it i can teach you i can't i can't even ride a bike i'm i'm serious okay. never we're, gonna bike, start there. we're gonna start there well, we're gonna fix look, that i want to go on a double dad. date that's for riding e-bikes that's what we'll no. do yeah look, i can ice skate and i can rollerblade and i can horse ride i'm telling you all the things i can do so you don't see all the things i can't but um I, i've never learned to ride a bike because i don't understand when you're on the bike you just fall like you just like <laughs> That's what the pedals are for. No, but then you press the brake and then you fall. But you put your feet down. I know, but then I'd always have to put my feet down because I can't keep it upright. (laughs) Yes. Look, I'm talking to an Olympian who obviously can ride a bike and then I have like an NFL bike. You hey, guys obviously we know where been... you live now. We're going to deliver a brand new bike to you and we're going to go have bike a bike. Ride. I literally got one for my birthday because I was like, I'm going to learn how to you ride. Make sure it has training wheels and then you go from there, right? You Coming over. Pedaling and yeah. I'm just, yeah, it's not, it's, it's embarrassing. Anyway. <laughs> and please videotape it and put it on stories. Yeah. I was actually thinking of, because you guys have a YouTube, which we oh. had, but it was so much work. It's so much work, right? Yeah. And I was like, this is going to be my start back to YouTube is riding a bike and everyone laughing at me. And then I was like, oh, but then I have to make more videos. So, mm. so let's talk about your YouTube. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, when you, I think the first video I saw of yours, which is kind of went viral was the video that you guys, um, where you talked about your miscarriage. Um, is that sort of was the genesis of getting into, is that, was that when everything sort of started to pick up? uh kind of yes and no we've been doing youtube for seven years mm-hmm. um and didn't really have a purpose on youtube until that video that video right. is nothing we ever planned on posting mm-hmm. we even when we were filming that whole process we never intended for anyone to see it but us mm-hmm. um but that was the first video that we did post and we kind of learned a whole new world of social media where mm-hmm. things could be like it could be a two-way street where it's not just serving people content, but it is actually building a community and helping people through things. And so from then we felt more purpose in what we are producing and creating and mm-hmm. trying to connect with people on. Mm-hmm. I find oftentimes too, especially with social media, like your purpose changes, right? Cause it's like, mm-hmm. you kind of go in maybe at the beginning, even like not really knowing, you know, you're kind of throwing things up on the wall, you know, see what sticks. And then now, you know, something sticks and it kind of sets your direction. So what was kind of the first most, um, you know, like the most popular, like the viral video that kind of set the trajectory for you guys? That was definitely like a pivot point. Okay. The video she just mentioned, but, <laughs> oh man, I, 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 Sean has so much attention brought to whatever she does. I remember the first video we posted we were trying to like, we've never freaking filmed anything. I don't know what I'm doing. I did civil engineering in college, whatever. And it was like, uh, actually it's kind of like this. We had like 40 pillows behind us who, mm-hmm. why you need this many pillows? I don't know why, but there was a sports <laughs> illustrated it. article about like, Sean was really one of the first quote unquote mainstream personalities to have like a YouTube channel that had traction. Mm-hmm. So sports illustrated wrote, wrote this article about like, why does Sean Johnson have so many pillows in his YouTube <laughs> Anyway, so Important. there's been little moments, um, but yeah, it's been fun to see how our content and our interests have, have changed. And fortunately, mm-hmm. like we're not as tied to like, Hey, we have to create the most trendy YouTube video as we are doing and recording stuff that we're interested in. Like we've always viewed it as home videos that we share with the world. So like we just mm-hmm. did one training with training, like an astronaut. And mm-hmm. so like, we're doing a little challenge series where we do stuff like that. So, um, yeah, it's been fun. We've made a lot of pivots. Mm-hmm. It's so hard to be vulnerable, like in general, that I really do admire people who are being, who are able to be vulnerable in social media because there is such a backlash sometimes. And, you know, I had many, many, many miscarriages. And I remember seeing that video and being like, I felt less alone, which is, wasn't probably your 
well, was the intention, but it was probably to show people what you were going through, which then helps other people feel like they're not the only ones. Mm -hmm. But I've never been able to share about my miscarriages really because I still feel like I kind of failed in a way, you know, like, and, and if I just forgave myself, even though I know I didn't do it, Mm -hmm. I didn't, the the fetuses weren't compatible with life, Mm -hmm. but I feel like if I just forgave myself, then maybe I'd be able to talk about it. But I always thought that like I was the problem, you know? So that's why I just don't talk about it. And when you see videos like that, it reaches far and wide and it really does make people feel like it's okay to share, you know? That up until that moment, truly within our entire relationship, my life, I had the mentality of like my gymnast self, which is you never show weakness. You never show vulnerability. Perfection is the only standard. And sharing something like that with the world was a hundred percent out of my comfort zone. Mm -hmm. But I distinctly remember sitting in the doctor's office when he was kind of like debriefing us. And it felt like a knife went through my heart when he literally, he said, I need you to look at me and I need you to hear me when I say this, you did not do this. Yeah. And I, I truly felt like I was like a puddle on the floor and I tried to like keep myself composed. I'm like, Oh, thank you. Thank you. But I, I died inside because I felt exactly like you said it. The only thing that I could continue saying or it was on repeat my head was Mm. I must be unfit to be a mother if I can't even like get through pregnancy how can I like you know I had all of these things and I I felt the same way and I had no clue how to find those words for him Mm -hmm. and I had no clue how to talk to Andrew about it I had no clue how to like explain it and I pushed to post that video because I was desperate I was desperate to find I just kept thinking maybe there's someone out there that can like DM me or whatever. And that was the only reason why we posted it is I was, I was hope I was desperate and hopeful that maybe there was someone else that I could talk to. Mm -hmm. And I just remember sitting there reading thousands of comments from other people's stories saying, I don't feel so alone. Thank you. Like all of these things. And I healed from it that way, but. Sorry you went through that though, Tamman. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I, I say to Roxy, we talk about it on the show, but I said that it wasn't until I had my second baby mm. that I could even mention that I had a miscarriage because mm. it was this weird thing about if I talked about the miscarriage before the baby, then maybe that was my final story. Mm-hmm. Like maybe that was the ending. Like I'd spoken that into existence. Like I had my first, I had the miscarriages and poor old Tamman, she can't have another baby, you know? So then when I had my second, who was an accident, so there has to be a God because we were told to not try anymore because Mm -hmm. my body had just been through so many pregnancies. So we didn't try and we used protection and she's very loud and in this world. (laughs) Um, so I actually, I keep saying it's from the postman, but I don't know. I honestly cannot tell you when they're like, when did you conceive this baby? I'm like, I have no clue. Like I don't, Mm -hmm. from, from tracking everything, ovulation and knowing exactly when you were trying to get pregnant to like having no clue when your baby or how your baby even came, she was like a miracle. Um, but it wasn't until she was here, was I okay to speak about it? And I, and I, I feel like that with a lot of things, like my eating disorder, until I was fully recovered, it was until I was in full recovery that I was able to talk about it because it was, I think it's really hard to talk about things when you're in the pain of it. Mm-hmm. And then you look back and you're like, oh, now I can help people. But, um, absolutely. but it's yeah, also, disorders, yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. And it's so good that, you know, everybody, that you guys are both speaking about these things because they do need to be talked about. And we're at that point now where I think things are becoming more open, which is great. But um, also wanted to talk to you about vulnerability because vulnerability is one of the things that I, is hard for me. Um, and I know just being such public people, you know, you're constantly, people are constantly, you know, looking at you and, and all the things. But on top of that, you actually also had a stalker, you know, 10 or so <laughs> yes. years ago. So I really, really commend you guys for being so open and honest, because for me, I know that would be maybe triggering for me, like a little harder for me, I'd be even Mm. a little more closed. So what was it like, was that ever even a thought? Like, 
about, you know, being so open and honest with your audience or did that not really even come into play? Were you always just going to be, you know, vulnerable and open? It was what? Nothing. <laughs> it was definitely a conversation. It was, mm-hmm. um, I was very reserved. I was very perfection driven mm-hmm. where I didn't want to be vulnerable at all. And he was the opposite. He wanted to show as much vulnerability because he saw, he thought the two different people that I had become in kind of showing my my game face and then showing my real person, mm-hmm. he didn't like the difference. And we struggled with that in our relationship. So he wanted to show the world who we were and our actual vulnerability. Mm-hmm. And we just had to work through that, like where the boundaries were and how to kind of like replace them. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like now being outside of like, kind of like we were talking about the eating disorders and miscarriage and like all of that. I feel like all of that pain come from, came from a world that was filled with so much unrelatable perfection that for us, we feel like we're trying to help more people by being more, more vulnerable. How do you feel now? Like, how do you, now that you've gone through your everything that you've achieved where are you now with yourself like do you feel like you're in a place of radical acceptance and self-love or are you still navigating that and it will always be a process based in how you grew up Mm. uh both I feel like I'm definitely more on the side of like acceptance and I think that just comes with being a mom because I have this thing on repeat in my mind of whatever I'm doing to myself or saying to myself, my daughter's going to witness and our son's going to witness. So I think it's constantly a journey of like bettering the voices in my head and bettering my self-image. But I do feel like I've gotten to a point of pretty good self-acceptance, good, bad, or ugly. If I can chime in as having the honor of being uh, on the front row seat of how you've grown and changed. I think that's been a really fun process to watch as you not, not perfect by any means, but like, yeah, I think acceptance and enjoy like has been way more prevalent as opposed to it's crazy. Like when you're, when, when you're thinking about yourself, that perspective is so small and there's certainly plenty of flaws we can all find about ourselves, but like, that's why we, we try to take like a service trip a, uh, a year. Like we go and build houses in, in Mexico. We're doing one in October and it's like, you guys want to come like mm. take your perspective off of you and, and all the nonsense, like, I don't know. It, it can just kind of get drowned out by you realizing that, that there's more to the world than like just yourself. Uh, yeah. So it's kind of a good reminder sometimes, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What was I think, Tam? And we were talking about this on another show is like, we think we're so we get like, and it's natural. It's human nature, right? To think that if somebody is, you know, saying whatever negative things about you, you know, you take it personally, but really in the world, it's not that important. Right. It's like, and also what matters if it doesn't matter in five minutes, like don't give it the time, like don't sit. I'm sorry. If it doesn't matter in five years, don't give it the time. Or five minutes. Five minutes now. Or five <laughs> minutes. Exactly. Like why? But it's, you know, I mean, it's a day by day thing, I think, you know, some days I, you're more equipped to deal with it better than others, you know? And I think about, I think about death so oh, much. No, this is such a no. lovely, lovely chat. I like think about it all the time. And I, I like, I think about it when I get quiet. So mm. I try not to get quiet. Like I spend a lot of my life, like being super busy because if I get quiet, then I actually have to like hear my own voice. <laughs> and at nighttime, like right before I go to sleep, I think about it and it freaks me out. No matter what people believe happens after death, it's like we are, there's obviously what we believe and there's faith, but there's still like that mm, doesn't sometimes feel that comfortable. Um, and I think about that a lot and it doesn't mean a spiral, but it also really helps me think like, well, if this is all you've got for this finite period of time, mm-hmm. then like balls to the wall, man. Like just live your life. Like go have the best. Like what is it? These mm-hmm. little moments about my husband walking in not being like, oh my God, I'm so excited to see you. Like who cares? Like I know he loves me. Let's move on. Like just just that reminder that we don't have all this time. 
you know, mm. like we don't. And it's funny when I had my kids, I, I made peace with death a bit more because like, they're, well, they're so here, which means that they were so close and they're so young, but they were so close to not being here. Mm. So like they're closer to knowing what it's like. So that's why I think babies are so awesome because they're like, yo, <laughs> like I just, I was somewhere else and now I'm here. <laughs> like that's why I think, I don't know. That's why you look at babies and you're like, they just know so much, but then they can't, maybe they, that's the reason why they can't talk because they can't tell you what they just remembered. They talked about that a lot. I mean, we are believers in our faith and mm-hmm. like the Christian faith. So that completely set aside having the philosophical like conversation of faith and people who argue science and everything mm. we, to a certain extent to a certain extent it's natural to have doubt even us but the second we had our kids it is like the truest form of a miracle yeah that i've ever experienced in my entire life and you can only ask so many questions before it's like it's literally just a miracle mm-hmm. It's a miracle. I mean, I think there's always two ways of looking at something. And it's like, at some point you could just say, Hey, either of these could be compelling, uh, stories to tell mm-hmm. myself. And I don't know. I, I think there's something a better one. Yeah. whimsical mm-hmm. about faith, but I actually challenge you, Tam. And I think you should think about, I don't think it's a bad thing to think about death. There's, uh, mm. I, I think there's a progression that I've seen people I respect go through where it's like, yeah, I absolutely balls to the walls. And that probably has its own kind of sequence of events where it's like, Hey, balls to the walls. Like, let me just live up all my dreams and desires. But then you probably reach a point where you're like, okay, well, nothing actually is really that exciting to me anymore. Like I've done the skydiving and went to Ibiza and did ayahuasca and whatever, Mm -hmm. but then it's like, okay, we're all going to die. So Mm -hmm. what is like, what would, what would make a good life? And there's some part of like legacy of, of like oh, yeah. pouring into other people where it's like, mm-hmm. Hey, let me, let me try to mentor someone or let me try to serve here. Or let me try to like create, like impact my family in a meaningful way that like, I think thinking about death in a finite way mm-hmm. is really helpful. It's almost like a, it, it's like a, appreciating a sunset. Like if, mm-hmm. if a sunset was always just there, Mm-hmm. You wouldn't appreciate it. It's it is the fact that it that it ends mm-hmm. right. mm-hmm. almost unlocks a certain beauty, you know. And when I said balls to the wall, what I meant was <laughs> YOLO. <laughs> now I have to like really explain what I meant. Balls to the wall. Like for example, I've always wanted to write a book, right? Not for me, but just to help people or whatever it is, or to give back. And my husband and I are artists, so when I mean balls to the walls, like stop having self-doubt, just mm. make art, like leave your legacy. My husband's the most beautiful writer and he's doing a movie that took him like a decade to make. But I think some of it's just timing, but it's also self-doubt. Mm-hmm. And it's like, go write your movies, go write your screenplays, go tell your stories because those stories, you know, I think art brings us so close in so many ways and really does yeah. con- connect um, and leaves some kind of legacy, small small or big mm-hmm. but i'm like go tell your stories like go to montana if he wants to and go mm-hmm. write his and that's how he shows like magic mm-hmm. you know is creating that and so balls to the wall meant <laughs> <laughs> not actual balls to the wall um meant just to like go for it yeah i like it not have well, the self-doubt and yeah. it's even just like putting the energy mm-hmm. out there too because it's it's not even necessarily the end goal of you know this is going to be published or this is going to be like big or what have you it's just putting the energy out there right and letting it pour out of you because inevitably that's going to attract more of what you want and like more of what you're looking for and i think for me at least i like things that hold me back sometimes is like, you know, I think too far ahead almost. Mm -hmm. And it's like, Oh, well, this has to be like perfect because then this has to like reach this goal or that goal versus like just starting to do it. Right. Just like getting out there and doing it. Right. Well, that's the title of this podcast guys. Just do it. (laughs) Um, it. The East. I hope you're fine with that title because that is what it's going to be. No, that's not true. The title is prefer balls to the wall. Balls to the wall. 
We appreciate you guys coming on the show. Um, We adore you. And I'm definitely going to hang out at your doorstep. I don't even care if you're like, I have a new stalker who is this weird person. I'll be like, it's just me. It's not a stalker. I'll DM you my number. (laughs) You'll finally accept my respond to a message. Finally respond respond to a message. Um, And I'll bring my bike and the helmet. (laughs) Yes. Don't forget the training wheels. This was fun, guys. Thank you. Yeah, we really it appreciate so it. having you guys. We're so And where excited. can everyone find you? Sean Johnson and Andrew East on socials mm-hmm. and the East fam on YouTube. Amazing. 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 Well, we loved having you guys chat with us and we hope you guys will come back soon. We yes. will. And Great. thanks guys so much. Don't forget to rate, subscribe, and comment. We are Women on Top Official on Instagram. And a Women on Top Podcast on Facebook. I am Tamin Sursak. <laughs> and I am Roxy Manning. And we are, don't worry guys, there's a song here. <laughs> women, women on Okay, East. Top. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park